friends, tonight we are looking at a passage in Proverbs 19 and verse 21. Proverbs 19 21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Well, we know there are many themes that run throughout the Word of God. And one of those great themes from Genesis to Revelation, as we open the book of God and we see God establishing the heavens and the earth and filling the earth, creating man, and then to see at the last in the book of Revelation, to see all his purposes uh, uh, come to fruition in Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. And we see the chaos where God subdues the chaos of uh, Genesis 1. Uh, the, the, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth. And into that, God speaks. Into that, God creates. And uh, he subdues. Uh, the chaos, and we see that then run throughout uh, the book of Genesis in the, the lives of, of even the patriarchs. We see the, the, the way in which God controls uh, the, the spread of evil with the destruction of those on the, on the earth through Noah's flood, and then the ark, and so on. And then how that gloriously moves throughout world history until we come to the book of Revelation, which we're in this morning, and uh, to see how God, again, uh, ends the, the Bible, again, subduing the forces that are arrayed against God's people. And so there is this picture that emerges. It is a very frightful picture on some levels, but the Bible also calls us to stand back and to behold the works of God, to behold the purposes of God. And the, and the Bible is full of that kind of idea. And it is, it is shot full of calling God's people to behold the wisdom and the ways of God. And uh, especially in the light of the plans and the purposes of man. Not only of man, but of the principalities and powers, uh, the powers of darkness in, in high places, the work of the devil, uh, as he also uh, orchestrates the hearts of evil men against God, the nations as a whole taking their stand against the Lord and against his anointed. And it becomes for the people of God, at another level, a wonderful spectacle of God's purposes and plans. We begin to see it unfold before our eyes. And not only that, we see it played out in our own lives. We see that we are part of that. And this, again, adds to the wonder of what we are beholding. But the writer of Proverbs says here, as he does in many places, that a wise person seeks to understand the will of God. 
and uh, commits their ways, conforms their mind, their will, to the will of God, because his purposes will stand. So we've seen in, in, in many different ways uh, how uh, a wise person lives in terms of their speech, their actions, how they spend their money, how they spend their time, who they associate with. Uh, many, many different ways. And here, the writer of Proverbs is calling us to uh, understand the perfect will of God. That in spite of the manifold plans and purposes of man, it is the will of God that will stand. So he's really calling us to see how much better it is if our will each and every day is brought into submission to God's will and purposes, right from the beginning of our day, right from the beginning of our lives. Uh, he says here in uh, uh, verse 21, many are the plans in the mind of a man. But the word for plans here means placing things in order. Setting things from a kind of a military perspective in battle array. That again is how the word plan is used. It's not disorderly, it's thought out, it's purposeful. Uh, it, the same word is used by uh, in, in Genesis as, as uh, Abraham is ordering the wood for Isaac. And the idea of laying a fire or laying out that, uh, that sacrifice. And so there is a purpose in it. We see the sticks being laid in a certain way. This is the idea of the word plans here. Many are the plans, the purposes. On one level, you can see a positive and a negative in this, can't you? There is a positive in the sense that we reflect the image of God. That God is purposeful. God creates. God plans. And it is to the glory of God, the glory, man's glory, that he reflects his creator in that way. And so this is a God-given thing for man to plan. To plan your life, to plan your home, to plan how you're going to build something. All of that is a, an innate creation of God in us. A God-given, God-glorifying Ability. And, and the Bible celebrates that. And we are to be those who plan. Uh, Proverbs talks a great deal about that. Go to the end, O sluggard. See how, without a captain, it lays up food uh, for the winter. See how it plans just out of instinct. And so the, the, the writer of Proverbs says a lot about how it is a wise thing to make plans. But the, the idea that that uh, must be uh, opened up, and that is opened up by the writer of Proverbs, is that those plans are to be undertaken under the will of God, under the, the mind of God. Uh, in our in our lives, in our thinking, with the word of God directing us, with the glory of God as our end. 
And so there is a positive aspect to the fact that, that uh, many are the plans in the mind of man. We are planners. We are to plan. God, uh, we reflect the image of God as we plan. But it's to be done under the auspices of God's guidance and God's ultimate goals. And it's going to the Word, looking into the Word, that we find what those plans and purposes are. That ultimately our plans and purposes are to redound to the glory of God. But I think uh, uh, that as, as uh, throughout Proverbs as well, there is a negative connotation here as well. It's contrasting the the many, many plans of God, of, of man, with the one purpose of the Lord. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but the purpose of the Lord, that will stand. So you get a hint of negativity there, that he's contrasting the purposes, the purpose of God, the one purpose of God, the plan, the will of God, which he has decreed from all times, with the manifold plans of man. Many of the plans of man are formed, as the Bible shows us, separate from God, without God. The Tower of Babel, for example. Let us go and build a tower to heaven and make a name for ourselves. That's one of the greatest expressions of uh, the will of man operating against God's plan in the Bible. Uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes, for example, says, God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. Again, there's a very heavy negativity about it, negative connotation. He has sought out many schemes. And we have that, the, the word schemes uh, gives us that idea of scheming, right? You've got the, the hands and the fingers, and the, you're thinking, you're plotting. It, it carries with it a negative uh, connotation. The plans and the, the desires of man fluctuate and change over, over time. We don't like that. We may make a plan to do this in the morning and change our mind by the afternoon. We are changeable in our physical structure. Are we tired by the time the afternoon comes around? Uh, have we lost the desire to do this, that? Are we in a different mood altogether? Our plans fluctuate. They go up and down. Our plans are often tainted by sin as well. And so the, the plans of man are many and they are varied. Sometimes they're done with the best intentions. The Bible gives us many examples of that. Plans that people concoct in their mind. Some are, are done with the best intentions. Like David, for example, he has, a, he has a desire, he has a plan to build a house for, for God, that God might be glorified. And he has this in his heart to do it. And he feels that this is the will of God. That, and it's coming from a place of wanting to glorify and honor God. And yet that desire is, again, guided by God. And David um, is open to that. As Nathan comes back to him with the word of God and says, 
God saying, did I ask you to build me a house? All the time I was you were wandering in the desert, did I ask you to build me a house? But I will build you a house. And there, it, it, although David is doing something with the best intentions, he has to be corrected. But the beautiful thing is, and I think David exemplifies what the writer of Proverbs is talking about here, is that when we do discover the plan of God, and when we discover that maybe what we want is not exactly what God wants, David nevertheless submits his heart unto the Lord. And there were many occasions in David's life where that was seen. David, rather than becoming angry and, and uh, uh, insolent and uh, withdrawn, he's nevertheless amazed that God would use him in any kind of way. Lord, you, you, know, you have spoken about your servant's house for many generations to come. And so David, rather than feeling slapped down by the Lord or, or having his plans crushed by the Lord, David, in submitting to God, to God's higher ways, realizes that Look, my plans don't come close to the plans of God. Why would I seek to voice myself and my changeable human fleshly plans upon a situation when God has spoken about my house forever? Could I have established my house forever? Could I have established my kingdom forever? But God, in in coming and speaking to me of his greater, higher purposes, I am willing to take the secondary position. I am willing to humble myself and say, it is the Lord's plans that will stand. The purposes of the Lord will stand. We can see the same with Peter. Peter has a plan to defend his Savior as he draws the sword. And even before that, where he says, Though all forsake you, I will never forsake you. Again, done with the best intentions. Uh, but we see how that played itself out. We can see throughout uh, the Word of God uh, how this it is, uh, how these plans are, are, are taught out. Many are the plans of a man. We can see how they were concocted and orchestrated in the, in the very uh, heart of hell itself. You can see the Pharisees and the people plotting against Jesus to, to take him down with questions like, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? You can see these plans, you can see these schemes, and they wouldn't have just come up with that on a spur of the moment. They would have gotten a committee together to say, what is the best question that we can hammer out here that we can keep him down, that we can bring him down with? Plans of the Lord uh, uh, stand. Matthew Henry said, if men devise their way so as to make God's glory their end and his will their rule, they may expect that he will direct their steps by his spirit. And you can see that, it's, again, in contrast, in the lives of people like David, who submitted his will, his desires, unto the higher purposes of God, and others who did not, like those at the Tower of Babel, or the Pharisees who planned and hatched against the Lord Jesus, these 
diabolical schemes to destroy him. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Matthew Henry again says, the man purposes, but God disposes. Man purposes, he has the freedom, says Matthew Henry, of thought and freedom of will permitted him. Again, that goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. That's a good thing. Let him from his projects and schemes, uh, and, and lay his schemes as he thinks best. Let him form his projects, right? and lay his schemes as he thinks best. But, to understand that it is God who disposes. Man cannot go on with his business without the blessings of God. Just in the last day or so, I was speaking with a friend of mine in Edinburgh who lost his wife. We had been praying for Heather uh, Ackroyd, and Heather uh, lost her battle to cancer just this week. I was speaking to uh, Bob, her, her husband, and uh, Bob was saying, he said, the Lord has, we have prayed, and the Lord has chosen this for Heather. But he says, I always say to people, the Lord answered the prayers of his people. There were many prayers that were answered for Heather, in that she was surrounded by family. She had no pain. She was a believer. She was comforted through throughout uh, her time of sickness. And this, again, is yielding our own wills to the higher will and purposes of God. And it's not to deny that we have a part to play. We pray. And the Lord answers those prayers as he sees fit. He doesn't say to not do anything. He doesn't say not to plan, not to pray. We don't give way to a kind of a, 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 a situation where we have no part to play. No. The Lord says that we have our part to play. That the Lord uses the prayers of his people in doing his will. And yet, in all of those things, we are looking to the higher purposes of God to be fulfilled. What are the purposes of God? Well, the Shorter Catechism says that, that the, what are the decrees of God? They are his eternal purpose according to the counsel of his will, whereby for his own glory he is foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. It's a great definition of what the will of God is. What are the decrees of God? And that language of the, uh, of the catechism is simply a reflection of the language of the Bible. They are his eternal purposes according to the counsel of his will, whereby for the, his own glory he has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. That is lifted straight out of Ephesians chapter 1. It tells us in Proverbs 16 about the scope of God's will. That the Lord has made all things for himself, yes, even the wicked, for the day uh, of wrath. Psalm 76 and verse 10, surely the wrath of man shall freeze you. The, the, the psalmists look at that, they survey that, and they are amazed by it. They, they delight in it. That God's will is so all-inclusive. And that 
God's will extends even to turning the wrath of man. The evil that, that man plans against God's people to his own glory. That is something that is the, the uh, inheritance of God's people. That is something that God's people can sit back and think about it and praise God for. You can come into church and say, Lord, we live in a world that's heaving with evil and iniquity. But Lord, you are able to take even the wrath of man and the evil purposes of man, and you are praised for it. So the psalmist delights in these things. And that's what we read there in uh, uh, Proverbs 16. Um, the Lord has made everything for, for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. And so the scope is uh, amazing. Scope is staggering. Even as Paul in Romans 9-11 is, is talking about the, the anguish of his heart that he has for his brethren, the Jews, his, his, his brothers after the flesh. And he, he is exercised over it. I can wish myself to be cut off. And yet as he goes through the purposes of God for the Jews and the Gentiles and so on, chapter 11 concludes with these words. Oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his ways pass by the end. So that Paul, as he surveys and he looks at his fellow countrymen rejecting the Messiah, even that is not enough to quench the wonder and amazement in the heart of the apostle for the purposes of God. And he ends that section with praise. And there is something to be said about that in our own lives as well. If that is true uh, on a national level of Israel, on a global level, then that is also true on a personal level. For God's, God's purposes are made concerning people, individuals, not mass groups, but individual people. So that one day we will too say, He has gone all. We too will bow the knee when the, the story of our lives are told and we will say, oh, the depth of the wisdom and not, oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. We will say that he has done all things well in my life. I am glad that it was the will of God that overruled in my life. That I didn't get all the things that I wanted and planned and desired. And we can again go back and look at David as a model for us and say, Lord, your purposes exceed my plans and schemes infinitely more. Uh, is that what we are tonight? In the things that we face, in the things that we go through, how have we responded in, in the past? How do we plan to then take that and the challenges that we will face in the days to come. Whatever it is, illness, school, career, family, are we willing to bow to me and say, it is the Lord. It is his purpose, it is his ways. And we can come into the house of God each and every week and praise him for his goodness. And that's the purposes. That's the purpose of God 
uh, in, in doing this. It's for the praise of his glory. Psalm 33 says, The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. It's for the praise of his glory. Think of Joseph and his brothers. Somebody asked me the other day, where, if, if you were able to be in one story in the Bible, which where would you like to be? And of course, you're spoiled for choice, aren't you? But one of the places I've always wanted to be is there in that chamber when Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, your brother. And, and there again, we have that picture where the evil plans of his brothers, you know, let us, let's sell him off to the uh, to the Egyptians. And they do their best to get rid of this nuisance in their lives. And over the years, their conscience begins to torment them and bother them. They begin to realize the evil of what they've done, especially uh, coming on the last few days of that encounter with Joseph. It's all coming back on us. And then Joseph, of course, says, As for you, you meant it as evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this uh, present result or to preserve many people alive, to bring out of it a day of salvation. So the psalmist in that psalm that we were singing said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Some went down to the sea in ships. The storm came up. They despaired of life itself, and then they called out to the Lord, and the Lord saved That was their plan, to go out in ships, maybe without any regard for God, maybe not even calling upon God for protection or anything like this, but they found themselves in the deep, in the distress, and they call upon the name of the Lord, and the Lord has mercy upon them. And the Lord's will to bring them to a humble place, to bring them to a place of praise and submission, it is finally realized. And the psalmist says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Friends, that's an invitation to us. That's not just a song that we sing, it's not just good theology, it is an invitation for us to also, in our day-to-day -day lives, to bow the knee and say, it is the Lord. What is this trouble I have? What is this thing that has come on me unexpectedly? This circumstance I now find myself in. It is, is it simply random? Is it simply for nothing? Does it have no redeeming value? No, we say, it is the Lord. And it shot through the word of God, where the, 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 the disciples, as they come back from being uh, uh, interrogated by the powers that be, they say, it truly in this city, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, did whatever your hand and your plan predestined to take place. They were not willing to be victims of circumstance. They were not 
going to let their circumstances get the better of them. But they, through prayer, through reflection, through thinking about the Word of God, they would say, this is what Psalm 2 spoke about, that the nations are taking their stand against the Lord and against His anointed. And He who sits in heaven laughs. And so they would, they would fight against despair by taking a bigger picture, seeing the, the broader picture. And they were able to say, Lord, this psalm is fulfilled in the fact that Herod and Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were to do whatever your hand determined to do. And so it becomes an occasion for praise when we think of these words. Many are the plans in the mind of the man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And of course, those plans, the purposes of God, as we think specifically of the redeeming purposes of God, center all in Christ. And of course, it's not just the re redeeming plans of God, it's all of God's purposes for the universe. They all center in Jesus. It's not just God's plans for redemption that center in Jesus. It's not just those plans that we say. It's all God's plans for the whole universe are captured in Jesus. And so we, we sang there in uh, uh, the Hebrews, he is the radiance of God's glory, exact image of the Lord, all created things sustained by his own most powerful word. And so God's plans and purposes are fulfilled in Jesus. So we must discover what are the purposes of the Lord in Christ. Otherwise, we make ourselves an adversary to the Lord. We have to ask ourselves that. Am I an adversary of the Lord? Have I bowed the knee to Jesus and become a Christian? Have I accepted God's will for my life in Christ? If all of God's purposes and plans are taken up in Jesus, then it is with Jesus that I have to do. Paul says in Ephesians, making known the mystery of his will according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ. And so we, we uh, find in this where God is ultimately directing us. He's directing us to the cross. He's directing us to the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that uh, again, as, as Paul outlined for us in uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Here's God's eternal purposes in Christ. And without Christ, we are making ourselves adversaries, enemies of God, but of God's will. Even as he chose us in him from the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us 
for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. That, again, is where the people of God are called upon to survey the works of God. Come and behold the works of God. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He, he causes wars to end to the ends of the earth. The, and, and we are called especially to behold his eternal purposes in Christ with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the richness of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. The, the, the will of God is taken up in the person and work of his son. And to be on God's side when it comes to something like this is to be driven to the cross. It's to come to terms with what God has done in Christ. Have you done that? Is that where you are this evening? And it's out of that that we begin to live. It's out of that that we draw comfort for all of God's ways. Again, Matthew Henry says, What comfort does this speak to all of God's people? That all of God's purposes, which are sure and right or good, shall be accomplished in due time. And of course, there's that famous verse that Paul gives us in Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. According to his will, according to his purpose. And what are the what is the good that he is speaking of there? We find it in the verse before. He has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. And so he says in 1 Thessalonians, this is the will of God for you, your sanctification, your Christ-likeness, your growth in who and what Jesus is. And so with this perspective, we are able to hear Jesus' words, do not be afraid, or Paul, give thanks in all things. When we are able to say in our heart with the writer of Proverbs that the plans of the Lord will stand. But it also causes us to make our plans with great humility. If many are the plans in the mind of the man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Again, he's not saying, he's not disqualifying all the plans of the man. But he's saying, make your plans. Live your life. Make your choices in light of God's ultimate will for you in Christ. So I'm going to do this, that, and the other. You begin to ask yourself, how will this impact my relationship with Jesus? This person that I marry, this job that I take. Will I accept this promotion? Will I move to this part of the country or what? Will I you begin to ask yourself that and you take it to the Lord and say, Lord, my highest goal is to love you and to serve you and to grow 
in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I have these plans. I have these desires. I want to do X, Y, and Z in my life. Lord, I know that your higher purposes for me are these things. And so you talk. You, you discuss it with people who are wise. We saw that a few weeks ago. He who walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools suffers destruction. And so God is encouraging us in all of these ways to make our plans, but to do so under the auspices of his um, uh, will and being ready to accept that will when it comes. Tim Keller says again, it gives, it gives you great incentive to take personal initiative. It doesn't kill initiative. It, takes, it, it gives you incentive to take personal initiative. Poor choices will create pain and trouble. Yet if you do fail, remember that you can't you can't truly mess up your life, he said. God will weave even your failings into his plan for you. That's a wonderful thing. But even in the choices that we make that are not good, that may be pursued out of self-will, and we make a mess of things, God says, I can even use that mess for your good. I can teach you. I can humble you. I can you can learn more of my grace even in that. God, he says, will weave even your failings into his plan for you. So he wants us to use our minds to seek the advice of other people. He has told us to Lean not on our own understanding, but he has not told us to get rid of it either, to throw it out the window. We're to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. We are to be planners. We are to be, but we're to do so in concert with the Lord, together with the Lord, engaging with his word, through prayer. And as we do, we begin to have the mind of Christ. We begin to God begins to speak to us through his word, lay impressions upon us, so that you're able to say, this thing was meant so much to me. I wanted to do this. I wanted to go there. I wanted to. I had all these plans, but now the Lord is working in my heart. He's changing my heart because he's showing me his higher purposes in his son, the Lord Jesus, for my life. That he cares about my life. And that like David, he's He's not taking away to give me less, but to give me more. Even in this time of suffering, even in this time of darkness that you may find yourself, you say, it is the Lord, and he will, though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. And so we, we, Humble ourselves to the greater will of God. Paul says in, uh, in uh, Acts 18, to those to whom he is coming, he says, I will return to you if God wills. So he says to the Colossians, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual 
understanding. God is not crushing our wills and saying it's only his fault. He's saying that the, the, at the end of the day, his purposes will not be thwarted. He is going to do what he is going to do. But he invites us then into his will. He has shown us what is good. The secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children, that we may do them. And has he not revealed his will in such glorious ways? And those are the purposes that will stand. And so he says, set your mind on in heaven where Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on heavenly things. Let your mind and your heart, your will be molded and transformed by God's higher purposes. So that your will is, is to say with the Lord Jesus, my meat and drink is to do the will of him who sent me. Many are the plans of a man, the will of God, purpose of the Lord, that will sing. Let us pray. Lord, as we close tonight, we confess that so often we make our plans without you, without consulting you, without praying. Father, we pray that even the smallest matters in our lives, because we know even small matters can lead us in, in a, a very big to big places. So help us, Lord, to yield our hearts, our minds, and our wills to your higher purpose and your higher will for us. We thank you, O oh Father, that your will for this universe is mediated through your Son, the Son of your love, the kingdom of your love. Father, help us never to doubt, no matter what circumstances we may find ourselves in, to ever doubt that you have the best possible uh, designs for us in our lives. So help us, Lord, Help us to submit our hearts unto your will. Help us to survey what the scriptures say and all the stories of, of those who did submit their hearts and those who did not submit their hearts to see where those decisions led them. That we might learn wisdom. That we might gain a heart of wisdom, Lord, in all situations. We thank you, O oh God, that your purposes are being worked out that your eternal plans, which you established long ago, even from the very garden of Eden, that the, that the seed of the woman would crush the seed of the, the head of the serpent. Lord, that your will in that has been fulfilled. And Lord, how glorious that is. That it is the very song of the angels tonight. And Father, may it be so for ourselves as we face the challenges that we go through from day to day and month to month, year to year to, Lord, that it may redound to the praise and the glory of your name. We pray these things in the name of Jesus.